Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Natch 20 Review. We are Final Show Films. We produce a wide variety of content every day of the week. Check us out on our website at finalshowfilms.com. You can also check us out on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms. I'm Sinsaku, and with me today is... I'm Katakoros. And Units. And we are going to be talking about Doomtown Reloaded. Now, Doomtown Reloaded is a card game. It's a deck-building game specifically set in the world of Doomtown, which is a very interesting world. Um, I kind of wonder if there's just a Doomtown, or if it's just Doomtown Reloaded. I'm I'm sure there is a Doomtown somewhere, but um, uh, it is the town of Gamora. And it is an interesting game. It's very it's it's a game for two to four players. Though um, I feel like it is more targeted ideal, to the two. Yes, ideally more two players. Uh, it's very much very similar to Magic the Gathering in that way. Um, and you have a when you buy the core selection, which is what we bought, um, it comes with uh, enough cards to build four decks with a little bit of spare. Uh, it has four pre-built decks. Um, a lot of cards. It also has tokens, uh, control point tokens, influence tokens, and moon rock, which is basically gold, silver, and copper nuggets. Uh, it also comes with a large box and two uh, playmats, for lack of a better word. And the objective of the game is to control, uh, is to own the most control points in the town and basically take over the town of Gamora. And how you do that is by building establishments and owning them. If you own an esta- if you con- currently control an establishment, you get whatever control point value it's worth. And if you have more control points than your opponents have uh, what is it? Influence. influence, which is a number determined by their character cards, by their dudes, which we'll talk to you about in a minute, uh, then you win. Which means that the game can be over pretty quickly. It's actually it went it surprisingly uh, it ended surprisingly quick from the rounds that we played. Yeah. Um, it can also go really long. It can also go really long like the other one did. So, how do we even start with this game? How do you start reviewing Magic: well, The Gathering? First, first <laughs> off, probably one of the key things to note about this is that everything is a game of poker. Yes. Yes, yeah, so all the cards in the game, uh, except for the gang cards, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, are, in addition to being a card that can be played in the game, also have a poker card value in that they have a number and a suit. Uh, all of the dudes are spades. Uh, all the dudes are spades. All the establishments are clubs. All the establishments are clubs. All the gear slash spells slash items are hearts. And all the actions are diamonds. Um, and, uh, if that doesn't make sense to you, well, we'll figure out in a minute. You play the game with a 52-card deck, because a poker deck is 52 cards, um, and the, you play out dudes, which are characters, basically, or monsters that you can summon. Very flavorful characters. Very, very flavorful characters, and, if, and you use those to take control of the town, and also to, uh, kill your other, your opponent's dudes. Uh, you you get to pick your starting four out of the deck, um, and a lot of like all the pre built decks. You basically you build the deck with four characters in mind that you're going to start with, and the rest of the deck is designed to help them out. Uh, you'll occasionally summon out more dudes, but I don't think we did that very often. I think one of us did that once. Not no. The, the games were over so fast. The, the Sloan gang likes to summon out dudes a lot. Yeah, and I think you were the only one that was summoning out dudes. Not, not I. I never summoned out any other dudes. I, think I you summoned did once. one dude, but by that point the game had already ended. Yeah. Um. 
And uh, so yeah, you take you you shoot people down using your action cards and item cards, and take over their establishments, which they've laid down with deed cards, and which you've laid down with deed card deed cards. Uh, establishments also get you money, which is ghost rock, which you use to buy all the cards that you play. It's a little bit of a complicated game, and it's not helped by how convoluted the rules are. Um, it's very much one of the issues we found. We, actually, we're going to skip that part. We're going to go straight into first impressions, starting with William. Um, it struck me as very flavorful when I first started playing it, but it also struck me as more complex than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were there were a lot of systems in the game that I felt could be um, simplified either with imagery rather than lengthy words or just um kind of trimming down the the kind of trimming the fat of the mechanics um there's a lot of different zones in the game that don't quite need to be explained that don't quite need to be as separate from each other as they are yeah uh for instance the um the town square is one area in the center of the map and it can be treated as that but there's there's so much of like from town square to a specific deed, or from a deed to out of town, uh, like it, like the boards don't help very much because they, the way the boards are laid out, they kind of, they kind of give the impression that each player has their own town square, uh, just because of how they're laid out. But a lot of it feels like it was a good idea that was executed pretty well, but could have been made more efficient. Yeah. Uh, my first impression, I love the idea that you're balancing, because one thing we didn't explain was, anytime you get into a shootout, which is dudes fighting other dudes... Anytime you, you do anything. It's, it's really. either a shootout or determine who goes first. Determining who goes first, shootout resolution... Yeah, so... That's it. Yeah. But the, those are, the shootouts are major mechanics, and going first is a major mechanic. You resolve that by drawing five cards off the top of your deck as a poker deck and playing a poker hand. And you have to balance, well, here are my creatures and my abilities and whatnot, but I also have to pay attention because they're also your poker cards. And so you have to pay attention to, well, I want a lot of the same cards so I can get a lot of the same kind in my hand. Um, so it's an interesting deck building thing. And it's interesting because you all, you all, you're all playing with stacked poker decks and sometimes cheating is fine. Uh, but if you have, let's say, two, four of hearts, it's a cheating hand, and some cards will punish you for having cheating hands. So there's a lot of... Some cards will help you for having cheating hands. Some cards will help you. So there's a lot of intrigue in building the deck with those two things in mind. That said, a glossary would have been great, because the rule book does a great job of explaining everything, if you sit down and read it cover to cover. Yeah. But anytime you want to reference anything... You have to you have to hunt go, yeah, through the book. It. For example, the rule about casting hexes is in the shopping phase of the book. Yeah. And the what does the word harrowed on this card mean is somewhere randomly towards the back. Yep. And so you're flipping through what does it what does boot mean? What do all these Is it there's so much flavor in all the terms and they didn't use any common card terms that you run into this issue of I'm having to look up everything, and there's no glossary to do that. Yeah, my, my my first impression was that it was a just it was just as complicated in its own way as Magic the Gathering was to learn. Except that- I, I learned Magic I learned Magic the Gathering fairly late in life, um, and having the more recent memory of learning how to play it, it it's it 
it's just as complicated. The difference is that with Magic the Gathering, it's got this it's got this 20, 30 year odd backlog of information that they've had and time that they've had to refine their terms and refine yeah. how they tell you how to play the game. Whereas this, as far as I know, this is the first or second iteration of this game, of this card game this way. Uh, and so they haven't had all that time to refine, well, here's where we can use our flavorful terms, and here's where we need to actually say what the fuck we mean. It, it's also a, an important clarification that in Magic the Gathering, it's a good rule of thumb that you play creatures and beat your opponent in the face. There's corner case decks, but though you don't have to learn those immediately. This game, you don't beat your opponent in the face. I mean, you can, and that is a way to win. But it's but not the you, only way to But win. you can't beat your opponent in the face. You'd have yeah, to go after their right. creatures, and your creatures can say, I don't want to fight you and run away, and then win by control points. It's there's much. It's much more important to pay attention to all the control elements. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about the sequence of play before we get into what we like, what we dislike. So with the sequence of play, the game starts, every turn starts with the gambling phase. This is the lowball phase. And basically what happens is you ante up one ghost rock, which is one coin effectively, uh, and you all draw five cards, and you're trying to get the worst hand, the worst hand of poker possible. This is called lowballing. Um, there's not much you can do to manipulate this. I don't think any of the gangs have stuff they can do at this point. There's um, a couple of the if a cheating hand is revealed things yeah. that can happen. A couple of if a cheating hand is revealed things, but outside of that, mostly it's just whatever you get's what you get. And that determines who goes first. If you go first, you get the pot. And then you get to... I, I should... And then you get to do your actions. Yeah. Um, and you go first for every phase for the entire turn. Uh, yeah, the, for the turn. The, the pot, worth noting, is uh, at the beginning of the turn, everyone antes up, one goes rock. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. I said that. I don't, I don't remember hearing it. Yeah. Um, then there's the upkeep phase, which is just like an upkeep phase in any other card game. This is where things that were last, things that got tapped get untapped, or booted in this case. Booted is a term you'll hear us use. Booting is just tapping. It's turning a card sideways to use it. And once it's sideways, it can't be used anymore. Um, there are a variety of uh, there are a variety of reasons for you to boot cards. If you're moving places that are difficult for them to move, if they have specific abilities that require them to boot, um, and if they've uh, and it, other cards can affect them and make them boot. Once a card is booted, it can't do anything uh, except join a posse if it's already in that location. Um, you go to the upkeep phase. Everything that's been booted gets upbooted. You get your money that you get for, you get the money that you get from your establishments that you control including your home card, uh, and you pay your upkeep costs for any for your cards. If there's any cards you can't pay their upkeep costs, they get discarded. Um, and that happens pretty much at the same time for everybody. Everybody does that all at once. There's nothing that really happens in the upkeep phase that anybody can interfere with in this game. Um, the high noon phase then happens, and that's where, starting with the first player, they can uh, go shopping, which is they can pay for a card in their hand. They can move a dude. Or they can activate an ability or a spell. Or basically an ability of a card. Any card. Basically, play a card or use an ability. Yeah, play a card or use an ability. Those are really the two things that you do. Or move a card. So the three things. Um, you can also, in the high noon phase, call somebody out to initiate a shootout. That's when you go into the shootout phase. In the shootout phase, you draw five cards. And depending on the, depending on the dudes that you've got in your shootout... You either draw a few cards more, or discard and draw, or any combination of the two. 
Uh, and you do this to get the best poker hand possible, and then you reveal, and whoever wins the poker, whoever has the best poker hand wins, and depending on how many stages there is a difference, you either injure or kill uh, your opponents, which is uh, discarding or acing them, and if your card gets aced, it's basically exile. It's removed from the game entirely and does not come back into play. Uh, if, if you're injured... You're good to the discard pile, and if you run out of cards in your main deck, you shuffle your discard pile back into the deck, and you restart it all over. Which again. happens frequently. Happens very frequently. We, we we reshuffled several times in our games. Um, once the high noon phase is done, you go to sundown phase. Sundown phase is the end of the game. There are effects that happen in the sundown phase. There are effects that last till the sundown phase. The sundown phase happens. All those effects go off or finish. And then you check and see number of control points versus the highest number of influence among all player influence among all players, not collective influence, which was a mistake we made uh, when we first started playing. We thought it was collective influence, but it's not highest number. If the number if the highest number of control points exceeds the highest number of influence, that player with the highest number of control points wins. Well, it's if it doesn't, your opponent's influence specifically. Yeah, your opponent's influence because you don't have to beat your own influence. No, you don't have to beat your own influence. If it doesn't, you proceed to the top of the round again with another gambling phase. And it's worth clarifying that the high noon phase is not over as simply as you do an action. It's you do an action, and then you revolve around a circle, taking actions over and over Yeah, you can take, so you take one action, then it passes to the left. That person takes an action, then it passes to the left. And the high noon phase does not end until everybody at the table does not take an action. And it's... In the same round. If you don't take an action, and you can take an action in the next round. You don't yeah. have to... Yeah, it's all. everyone doesn't take an action in the same round. Um, so the high noon phase can last a long time, and sometimes the game can be won in one in one round, in one turn. Uh, I mean, our, and, our longest that, game went four turns. Or was it... No, it was three turns. No. Yeah, our longest, our longest game went four... Our shortest game went two turns. The longer game went three turns. Yeah. So it, it doesn't take... A lot of turns, but a lot goes but, on during the yeah, high noon phase. Yeah, one turn can last anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes. Um, and that's the full extent of a turn. It's not a lot to the turns, it's just that each individual element can last a long time. Um, and there's a lot of other like stuff in the book, but that's the full extent of playing the game. Like, Boiled down way more cleanly than the book ever does. So let's talk about things we like. What, what do you what do you like about the game? Um, it's definitely an interesting way to uh, play around with the idea of a stacked deck. Um, for instance, the Sloan Gang was really good at winning the low ball card at winning the low ball game uh, because they had a lot of low value cards, and if they didn't get a hand, then they would just win the low ball by virtue of having a low card as their highest thing. Um, Simultaneously, they were also really good at stacking the deck in shootouts because they had the ability to get so many studs. Uh, so they could get like a hand of ten. At studs, at, uh, number of studs you have in a shootout adds to the number of cards you draw. And, and then, then draw. Discard down to five. Yeah, and then you discard down to five. And then draw uh, is the number of, uh, number of times you can discard and draw. Studs are generally more valuable because you just have the option. You don't. You get to see what you have to discard before you just discard something and draw something else, which could be less useful. Yeah. Um, and the, the the Sloan Gang is very good. Who I the Sloan Gang who I played uh, are very good at building up a lot of studs 
So while we may have low value cards, it's very easy for me to get like a four, a four of a kind or a five of a kind, cheating wise. It's one of those things where all the decks are control decks. Yeah, but they're all control decks in different ways. Yeah. Um, I also love the idea of stacking the deck. The the flavor and the art of the game is really, really good. It's real nice. The flavor text is great because cards reference other cards a lot, and you get in the same deck, and you kind of get this feel of, okay, who are the you know who are the law dogs? Who are the Sloan gang? Who are the 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 ninth ring? They're a community, and there there's a really strong balance of. That and there's and likewise there's so many different ways to play the game. Um, it's it's just like Magic: The Gathering. In, in any good deck building game, you can approach the same problem from so many different ways. Just looking through the cards, it's like, ooh, I can build this deck. I can build. There's so many viable builds. Yeah. Um, I really like the um, I really like the idea, the idea of mixing poker with Magic: The Gathering. Um. And, and coming out with a very flavorful uh, world. Like I've said previously, I love it when... I, I hate it when games um, come up with an interesting world and don't use it. This game uses their world. They have <clears throat> every single card and every piece of art, even the backs of the cards, reference the world that they're in and make full use of that. This sort of weird Lovecraftian horror... Western. Western. Like they're they're even packaged in cigarette carton packaging. Yeah, yeah. Um, when the car, when we got the cards and we're unwrapping them, the the wrapping the plastic wrap is the same type of plastic wrap that cigarette cartons come in. It's got the gold wire around it that you that that signifies a cigarette pack. Um. But yeah, like uh, it's got you know you go through it and you see a whole bunch of oh these are just you no know, cowboys. Professor Eustace True, Travis Moon. Um, yeah, every dude has a name. There's the Morgan Cattle Company. You can run them down. There's some reserves. There's horses and guns. And then there's Blood Curse, Ace in the Hole, uh, the Pharmacy, uh, the Morgan Research Institute, a weird eldritch abomination whose name I can't pronounce in the Fourth Ring deck. Oh, the Tyrannixgenlock. Yeah. Tyrannixgenlock. Mikarai, um, I don't know if I can find it. Soul Blast. So this, like, the Jokers even are the Jokers are probably the best example of character in the universe. Normally, a Joker is just a jester or a clown of some kind, but in this, in the case of this game, it's this sort of rictus demon face uh, with a gold tooth and a, and a harlequin and a harlequin getup. Um, the, the, the card game is so flavorful. Here it is. Tixar Glenock. Tixar Glenock. Um, is this de- this yeah. weird demon creature that the fourth circle just happens to have. And then going into the gangs. I love how flavorful the gangs themselves are. The I'm four, sorry, it's the, an imp. The four gangs... The four gangs... The four gangs in the game are the Sloan Gang, which are basic, your basic outlaws... The Law Dogs, which are your sheriffs and deputies. The Fourth Ring, which is a demonic hell circus. They're great. And the Morgan Cattle Company, which is a which is a steampunk cybertech institute. Um, and cattle company. And cattle, and cattle company. So it, it's this weird, lovely place. 
Um, I also love the cards themselves, which make up almost the entirety of the game. They're poker, they're poker, poker card quality cards with lovely art on them, and they just feel great to hold, and they shuffle really well. Come on now, takes his work to be done. Yep. So let's talk about things we don't like. This is a long list. Uh, <laughs> it's a long list. Like I said, the game is too is more complex than it needs to be. Um, we we mentioned the breakdown of the uh, of the the high noon phase, um, but it's high high noon. Um, but the thing about it is the way it really breaks down in a game is high noon shootout, 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 high noon shootout <laughs> blah 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 blah. blah. Forming posses, shooting people, figuring out what the hell is going on stack-wise. Uh, like, Realizing there is no stack. Um, it, it, it quickly breaks down into, you think everything is going to be simple, and then people start doing things. Yeah. And because the game doesn't have a very clear structure of how things are ordered, it quickly becomes really confusing. And that's probably my biggest problem with it. Um... I've got a couple issues, but my biggest is there's a lot of feel-bads. Um, one of the biggest, which being, you can very easily be down and out. <laughs> like You can very easily goozle yourself and what, be goozled by others. Once you've been kicked in the face, you don't get back up. Um, like a real Western. <laughs> it, it's kind of this thing where if you don't control... Um, if you don't control properties, you don't get Moonrock. If you don't get Moonrock, you can't play cards. If you can't play cards, you can't enhance your board position. If you can't enhance your board condition, you can't control properties. And it creates this vicious circle. And the first game we played, I got my entire gang killed in a fight that I wasn't allowed to retreat from. And because... I knew. <laughs> it's like, I call you out, oh yeah, and you can't retreat. And I got my hand beat by ten points. Because I drew a garbage hand. And the Sloan gang likes to stack their deck with studs. Yep. And somehow you didn't cheat, and so I couldn't rely on my cheating ability. And the game, for me, was basically over. And I tried my best, and I was like, well, I have one dude who has no bullets and a grip full of high-cost cards that I can't play. Alternatively, when you have, a, when you have one dude with a flamethrower... Uh, it doesn't yeah. seem to matter that much. The, the other thing is, there's also a bit of a balance thing going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a balance issue with the game. Um, like, there's some cards like, that are just straight better. What was that soul thing? Soul Blast. Soul Blast is ridiculous. Because, like, I don't actually want to go to a shootout. I just want to kill you outright. It's like, initiate a shootout, kill the person I'm shooting out, and oh yeah, that means that your primary shooter is dead, which means you have only backup shooters to defend yourself with. Yeah. So either and you then run, you, or we or I just kill And you. you can't run before the first round of bullets go off. Yeah. And then I wrecked William, and he couldn't do anything about it for the rest of the game. Yeah. And then what you did is, like, my flamethrower guy mounts on a horse and charges you down. You can't refuse this fight. You can't use your huckster to... Because you've already tapped him out. Your huckster can't do anything. And, yeah, and it's just... <laughs> and then I set his world on fire. It's very... The game swings in one direction... And you can't swing back. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel like the game should be played more, less aggressively than we did, maybe? I don't think so. I think, like, I was playing Mono Red. <sighs> I, the Sloan gang is very <laughs> Rakdos. They, they really want, they really say, actually, I was, you. Actually, I was playing Is It. But... You want to die. <laughs> no, what you were playing, you were playing Red Green. You were playing Build Up My Massive Dude. 
You can't touch me. And then roll over your face. Yeah. Um, what, what I'm saying is, the game kicks you in the groin and then doesn't let you get back up sometimes. Yeah, so for me, it's definitely, it definitely has the issue. It has, I will say this, stepping aside the things I don't like real quick, but it handles the issue of randomness in card games because you use most of your deck as fuel for your draw hands, and you get to select the dudes that you start the game with. Yeah, yes. there, there's, there's never a point at which you say, I just never saw this card, because you almost certainly went through the entirety of your deck. Yeah, like, it does it does solve the randomness issue by using your deck as fuel. But as opposed to things like Magic the Gathering, where the only fuel is what's in your hand. In this game, your deck is your fuel, and it's what you and you've already stacked it beforehand, so it's what you use to kill your opponents. Like, I can I can definitely say I've had Magic games where the where the big card in my deck never came out. Yeah. In this case, you will see every card in your deck probably more than once. The yeah. the problem is it's also really easy for your dudes to die. Yeah. And it has a very heavy emphasis Which, on gearing up your dudes. Yes. Yeah. So and you get two for one really easy. That that aside, the negatives. Uh, the thing I don't like about it is I don't like how I'm, I'm confident this game is actually pretty well balanced. It just feels unbalanced. Um, the, at least the pre-built decks feel very unbalanced. Because, like, the the Sloan Gang has the ability to use Hucksters. And the Law Dogs have the ability to use equipment with Mad Scientists. But neither the, neither the Law Dogs nor the Sloan Gang in the pre-built decks that we played with make use of that fact. And the, the, the core box that we bought... First of all, this box was, was 40 bucks and has enough cards for four decks with a little bit extra. Um, it had about... It had like 30 cards left afterwards to, to shuffle around for, between everybody. Um, and that's a lot of money. For granted, a lot of cards. And a lot of art. And a lot of art and a lot of cool stuff. But to then not make use of all aspects that each gang can use, it seems like the Sloan Gang and the Law Dog decks by themselves were just matter-of-fact weaker than the Morgan Cattle Company and the Fourth fourth, uh, fourth Ring decks. Fourth Ring straight wrecks the Sloan Gang. Because the Fourth Ring just comes out of the gate, by the way, Soul Blast, your dude's dead. It's like, I hex, don't... hex, hex, you're dead, dead, dead. And the Morgan Cattle Company says, yeah, I start off with only two, two, uh, two Moonlock. Give me three turns. Oh, look at all, look at all this property I own and all this money I'm raking in and all these guns I have. Um, I, I will say, having run through the deck lists, I can see where the balance is struck, and it's more struck in a two-player game. Yeah, because I feel in, like in, in, in a games, in a two-player game, the Sloan Gang versus the Fourth Ring, the Sloan Gang says, "Hey, I see that one huckster you've got. I'm gonna kidnap him and kill him before the game begins." Yeah, yeah, that uh, I, th- I feel like that's probably where it shines more. Is in, a, in, a, in this game really wants to be a one v one game. No? It really shouldn't say two plus players. Yeah. But, I mean, Magic the Gathering is also like that, where it's it's really a 1v1 game, but you can play it with more. Um, and there are formats that support it, and I'm sure there are formats in this that support it as well. Uh, it's an interesting concept, and I would like to see more of it, but it's just, it's like, it's really not, there. It, it, wants, it makes me want to play more Magic. Which, as we've said before, making me want to play a different game is not a ringing endorsement. No. 
Like, let's, talk, let's, let's talk about the materials for a little bit. Like I said earlier, it comes with two cardboard playmats and a whole fuck ton of cards, as well as some copper, as well as some cardboard chits for the money and the control points and the influence points. Somewhere in the realm of two hundred and fifty cards. Um, I the, wish it said somewhere on the box how many cards it came with, but yeah. it doesn't have one of those lists. Uh, um, the cardboard is fairly meh. It's cardboard with paper with with paper designs printed on them. Which doesn't always peel off correctly, like doesn't always punch out correctly. Like there were a couple of the uh, chits that I, when I was punching them out, the paper peeled, and while the cardboard chits themselves were fine, the paper was just fucking gone. Um, the cards themselves are really nice. The art's really good. I really like all the art and the flavor text and the feel of the cards. It's definitely a card game, and the cards were the focus. Yeah, like I have no. Do you guys have anything to complain about the cards? Cards are fine. Cards are cards great. Are, cards are great. I like them better than magic cards. Like they're they're hoil cards. They yeah. shuffle well. They don't ding up on the edges like magic cards do. They're not as thick as magic cards. Like like you can bend them and they don't stay bent. You can shuffle them properly. It's great. Um, what about the cardboard play mats? Do you think those are necessary? Uh, I think they definitely helped. Not as much as they could have. I I like. They've got. They've got the, the, the hand rules, which is nice because it gives Not everyone you, knows poker. Well, yeah. not even if you yeah. do know poker, I know that, uh, I know that a full house beats a two pair, but it's good to have, okay, a full house of seven, uh, two pair is three. It also has the dead it's man's a four hand, point which is not always used in poker. Yeah. Um, it also has a convenient list of, you know, when do you have to boot your dudes to join posses? It has the rules for forming posses, and the arrows are really helpful. When do I have to boot to move to a place, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. It has some of the redundant information. It needs a glossary on it. I don't yeah. know if I've said that enough. It also doesn't have an area for your deck. Yeah, or it has, for your discard. It has nowhere for your deck or discard. It's literally just the play area. Yeah. And it takes up a decent amount of space it takes a lot to of space. just be the play area, and then you have two of them for two people. Yep. And the fact that the game comes with two of them, again, reinforces the 1v1 nature. player game. Yeah. Um, do you think it's overpriced? Or do you think it's just right? I, I don't think it's overpriced for what you get. I, however, don't think that you get... It's kind of like magic. You can you can get a pair of dual decks for 20 bucks. Yeah. And, but you're going to want more than just those dual decks. And, I, and I'm going to say I didn't see any sort of booster packs or anything yeah. like that for this game. I, I would much prefer if this I, game was sold more like... What I did see... Was a collector's edition which had a hardwood case and real poker chips. <laughs> that was what a hundred and some odd bucks. Yeah, it was like a hundred dollars or something like that. Uh, it really feels like it's being, s- and the deck has room for a ton more. As uh, the, the box, the box has room for a ton more cards than are in it, which makes me think there are booster packs somewhere, but I didn't see any on the store shelf. Yeah, it was like the thing about it is like with magic. With dual decks specifically, you get two decks for twenty bucks, and that's fair for the price of, for the for the cards that you're getting, but that's still not enough for the game. No, I, I would much rather be able to just buy the cards and save the money on everything else. But for forty bucks, how many how many drafts could you have done in Magic for forty bucks? Draft is usually fifteen dollars at most places I've been. Sometimes you can get a draft so for two, twelve, two and a half. Yeah, and like if you can start just the, just the cost of the pack, it's like twelve bucks. Yeah. So you, could, you, could, you can do three drafts. So how many cards would you get on average in that? You get uh, 45 cards. No, you get 50. You get 
15 times... 15 times 3. 45? No, you get more than 45 cards. Yeah, depending on how many people, because there's... No, no, no. Everybody it, it, has three it, cards. It's everybody, it's everybody gets the same number. You get three, Basically, you get three full packs. Which is 15, 15 times 3. That's 45. Which is 45. I always yeah. end up with more than 45 cards, because there's sideboard and stuff. I must be calculating something wrong. Because there's twenty, because twenty three player played cards and then lands, which are separate. oh yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking of lands. Okay, yeah, so forty five cards. You end up with forty five cards. Yeah, and so forty five cards twice is so um, you get more cards out of this for the same well, price. Unless but... you unless you're buying dual decks, in which case you can buy like you know the commander dual decks and get two hundred cards. Yeah, for twenty five thirty bucks. And magic cards individually are worth money. Yeah. These cards, I don't think you're going to get money off of. No, you're not. You, you can't really make that comparison in that regard. No, you can't. Magic's built. Ma- magic, cards. yeah, and it has, and it's built up that value. So, so yeah, um, it's an interesting game. Let's go ahead and go into our final thoughts and review. Mm. It definitely did a lot of interesting things, and it was a really flavorful game. But ultimately, it doesn't have the refinement that similar card games do. It's probably uh, it's probably a um, a showing of just basically how Age. of how of how young it is. Yeah, um, like I think if it if it had that, God, how long has Magic been around? The ninety four, ninety four. So it's it's a twenty one year old game. It's old, Magic is older than I am. Yeah. Um, and so Magic's been around for a long time, and they've had a lot of time to refine their game. Uh, this game, not so much. I feel like if it had a 21-year lifespan, Doom 10 would probably be a lot better. But Yeah. So what's your rating? Oh, it's a B-, because it does it does its job. I just... I would rather play something else. I'm going to flip on the opposite side of you and give it a C+. Um, it's interesting, because after I played the game, I'm like, I kept thinking of how I could... I kept thinking about the deck-building aspect, and I love the idea of, okay, well... I didn't have enough hucksters in the pre-build deck. I would increase the number of hucksters. I would, you know, drop some of these hexes, blah, blah, blah. What it came down to, though, was build deck building faced. The game is all about bomby cards, which makes deck building less fun. And I don't actually want to play the decks. I just want to build them. And that's kind of a flaw. Yeah, no, that's fair. I wish I knew people like that with magic so they could build me decks and I could play them. I would do that all the time. Build mag- but building magic decks is much more fun because the cards play off of each other more. You build me a deck and I'll play it because okay. I hate building decks. Um, yeah, so for me, uh, it makes me want to play magic. Yeah. Which I guess is the ultimate sort of problem with it. It's it's a good game. I like playing it. I would enjoy playing more of it if, if somebody else built me a deck. Um, but... It, no matter how much time, no matter how much I enjoy playing it, it makes me want to play Magic. Every time I've played it, it's how, made me want to play Magic. How many times have we compared this to Magic and then said that Magic was better in some way? Yeah, like throughout this entire review, which kind of is an indicator of the quality of the game. It's a good game, and to be and to be fair, being compared to Magic is not a bad thing. No, Magic but is Magic's a really Magic's good game. A high it's rating. really popular. It's a really high rating game, um, but. Being compared to Magic also has its drawbacks in that you're being compared to Magic. Um, so I give it a C. Flat C. It's a decent game. It does what it wants to do. It, it's I love the flavor. The flavor is like, what I saves love, this game. I love the flavor of this game more than the flavor of Magic. Because it's cohesive, coherent, and remains the same throughout the whole thing. Which is what cohesive and coherent mean. Um, 
it's cohesive, coherent, and it, and it sticks to it, and it, it does what it does, and it does it with that sort of... Uh, it's one setting versus Magic's many, yeah. many, many settings. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's one setting that it goes after with a passion versus Magic, which some settings that you can tell they really love, and some settings you can tell they're just like, like passing oh, There's Tar- a giant spider in this setting! Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they love Tarkir. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but, like, you know, you can tell the difference in, in, in passion between... Ravnica, in which Ravnica you can tell they really, really love. Like Ravnica and Tarkir, there's all this work they put in. They put in the sense. And then, but then there's also Homelands. Uh, homelands, yeah. Well, no, Homelands was very flavorful. Uh, like, not, not, like, not Homelands. Um, like, like what's the original plan? The first plan. Uh, Dominaria. Dominar. Yeah, Dominaria. The love, the love shown in Ravnica, currently, versus the love shown in Dominaria. Where the lands... Or, or, or and, even Zendikar. No, no, you can, Zendikar, t- you can tell they really love Zendikar as well. But there wasn't as much flavor in some of this stuff? I guess, yeah, Zendikar is just where all the big monsters live. Yeah. Anyways, um, so so yeah, there's there's that. Solid C, decent game, makes you want to play Magic. And I guess that's all we have for this, so thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>